Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. What's your name, little girl? Oh, give me three steps. Mike would be so pleased. Hey, everybody. It's Kristen Benz in for Mike Broomhead on this Friday, and I'm so glad you're with me. All right, so one of the fun things that happened while I was filling in for Mike, we had a lot of breaking news, and um, it wasn't fun by any stretch of the imagination. It was about Preston Lord. So if anyone is, you know, local and understands what happened with the death of this precious young child, um, two of my favorite reporters that broke this news when I happened to be filling in for Mike and things just kind of organically happen. And that's what I love about journalism. That's what I love about this job because things just happen and people that are bright and are doing the good work do their job and things just happen. And so I am blessed today with Robert Anglin, investigative reporter, and Elena Santa Cruz, criminal justice reporter from the Arizona Republic are joining me. And so you guys are stuck with me now. (laughs) It's like glitter, I'll never leave you alone. It'll never come off. So I want you to update us for our listeners about what has happened in this Preston Lord case that has kind of erupted with so many weird facets. Seriously. And a lot of breaking news happened this week. So I, I want you to recap that. So, Robert, do you want to start? Sure. And <laughs> thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. Um, our, prim- our primary focus this week was a, was a story about a whistleblower who came forward and um, came forward after we reached out to her in a very unusual set of circumstances, almost, I mean, a bizarre and maybe a first for me in my career. But the woman is an employee for Relentless Media Agency, or was, and her bosses uh, are Adam Kiffer and Travis Renner, the father of one of the people that um, at the center of the Preston Lord homicide investigation. She says that during her time in the office, they plotted, planned, and engaged her unwillingly in a conspiracy to cover up who killed Preston Lord. And that was literally, if I'm reading her testimony or her comments correctly, immediately following his death or the beating. And jump in here, Lena. No, correct. That's what we've both of us have learned from this whistleblower is that the plot was curated just after the attack. I believe he called his dad. Um, and then from there, the ship started rolling and she had to be dragged into this um, unwillingly. And she talked about not being happy about doing that. And just it continued on and on until she felt like she had to speak out. And when she wanted to do that, then they hit her with a um, cease and desist. And no, the NDA was um, shortly after the attack had happened. So they knew. prep themselves. Essentially, this probably to this case just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So, what's happening with her right now? She's she's doing okay. She's she. um, 
I, I, I think I described her in an earlier interview as, as scared, but she's also angry and she's determined. And um, I mean, she this is this is a woman who wasn't out seeking attention to the, you know, all my reporting shows. This, this is a woman who was doing her job as an executive assistant and became embroiled in this what she calls a murder plot. And they didn't just so that, yeah, Elena's right. They hit her with an NDA. Then they fired her. Then she went on TikTok and and on one day posted a couple of TikTok videos about the case, but nothing detailed. Mm-hmm. Immediately, she was hit with a um, C&D, a cease and desist. That was followed by a... Um, lawsuit um, and in between then and there they, the owner of this company without mentioning anything sent me an unsolicited email asking me to investigate the woman whose name is Ashley Reynolds mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a nice glaring red flag right so yeah you and then so she she gets hit with the lawsuit in between that she, there's all these in-betweens she went to detectives and told them what they knew and then detectives confirmed to us that um, yes in fact they had interviewed her and yes her story corroborated information they already had and most importantly it did not con- contradict what they already knew so investigators looking into the Preston Lord death the police chief confirmed her story mm-hmm. that is unbelievable Unbelievable. What's happening with her right now as far as backlash and lots of it. They're they're going after her to coin a phrase relentlessly. Um, They they continue to submit send emails. They continue to try and generate interest in investigating her as a criminal. Uh, they, they called in, in an email to me, they called her a professional con artist. But there's lots of twists and turns in the interaction I've had with, with the owners of these companies, particularly Adam Kiefer. Tell even, me more. Even after the first story this week with the big one about her whistleblowing testimony, we got an email from her former company who Kiffer had mentioned in his email to Robert and they just laid out basically the same kind of accusations that Kiffer had sent to Robert earlier in February. So they're using the same language of trying to put her in a bad light and trying to mm-hmm. make her not credible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the language just keeps coming our way. But I mean, the police chief said himself, it just corroborated things rather than contradicted anything and I think that's what matters the most and you want to know the best part every time we reach out to these these <laughs> letter writers Mr. Kiffer and this new letter writer they don't respond so it's it's just bizarre and I mean I, we could just take this ball and run with it yes but, but Kiffer who enlisted me to investigate her without mentioning that he was close to Travis Renner or that he had anything to do with the press and Lord information. I, I continued to try and get him to talk to me. I sent him mm-hmm. letter emails and one of them was a, uh, was a list of 26 questions that we, we actually published that I yesterday. <laughs> but in his, in his, after we published the big story about Ashley Reynolds and, and laying out what she said and the details and how it connected to the, this crime, he, he put out a, 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 a message on Facebook to, to his followers saying he was shocked and disappointed by, by the story as if it hadn't. <laughs> and I said, how could you possibly be shocked? 
Here exactly. are the list of questions we asked you. You knew every line that would, every key detail that was going to be in that story was in my list of questions, which I had given him five days before. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he sicked a PR professional on me, and I, I talked to her, and in one conversation, she said, what are you going to ask him? I said, well, I'm going to ask if he participated in a cover-up. I want to know if he tried to pin this on another guy. I want to know if what his conversations with Travis Renner were. Absolutely. And I want to know all of this and more. We're going to take a quick break. Can you guys stick around? Mm-hmm. I'm getting you out of the office on a Friday. So <laughs> hook me up right now. Awesome. Okay, it's Kristen Vance in for Mike Broomhead. We're going to be back in two minutes. It's KTAR. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Oh, hey. It's Kristen Benson for Mike Broomhead today on KTAR. And happy Friday. I'm so glad you are with us. So whenever I want to know what the update is on the Preston Lord case in the Valley, I go to two people. They broke news while I was filling in for Mike. And... I don't know. It's like an artichoke. The whole thing just unfolded. And now we're together forever. (laughs) You guys are stuck with me. You poor thing. So I have Robert Anglin, investigative reporter, and Elena Santa Cruz, criminal justice reporter from the Arizona Republic. And they are doing what we love, breaking journalism and just really just great news reporting. And we are talking about all the updates with the Preston Lord case. And so... I want to talk about Ashley Reynolds, who is this whistleblower, and I want to talk about what she said about the cover-up. So, as Elena mentioned, it started almost immediately, according to Ashley. She says from on the night of the the attack, which happened on October 28th at a Halloween party in Queen Creek, um, Preston Lord died two days later from his injuries. Um, there was an effort by one of the attackers. Um, he called his father, according to Ashley, and they connected. And plans began almost immediately to get the kid out of town, she says, to um to keep authorities from talking to him, to um, prevent people from seeing injuries on his hand that he mm-hmm. sustained during the beating. So they moved him to a Sholo cabin. And while as that unfolds, she says there they talked, um, you know, as the through the through the ensuing weeks, they talked about how to pin the pin the killing on another kid who shares a similar name to Mr. Renner's son. We don't name juveniles until they're charged as adults at the Arizona Republic. Mm -hmm. But they were doing that and then they took steps also to protect Mr. Renner's financial interests as um, in fact a lot of the steps they took was to do that So because they acknowledged that he was probably going to be sued as a result of this death and so there was this effort to, to move him out of the businesses, at least on paper, while she says they plotted internally to make sure he would have an opportunity to come back. So so they were protecting his finances. So here's my question. Um, this family, are they like a dynasty? Like, what businesses do they have? Like, what are we talking about? This, this protection and all of this... Um I don't cover up. Like, I mean, who are these people? Alana? Well, I can, I don't have the names off the top of my head. Like, you might, but I know this Renner family, um, we said that they have like a good handful of businesses that they're involved in. Well, not just Travis Renner, but the mom as well. Um, 
or their connections to businesses and with that comes money i guess because with this cover-up they said like we have money we'll try and protect them there's never a talk of you know helping police with an investigation so they full-heartedly wanted to use what they had with whatever businesses or whatever however however else they have their money to you know cover this up and help pin it on somebody else as well. where are we with law enforcement well, there, there's this case has raised a lot of different issues with law enforcement, and and I keep reminding people to please separate them. There is the Preston Lord homicide investigation, which is being handled by Queen Creek Police, and they've made referrals to the county attorney's office. And then there's the attacks that we've connected to the Gilbert goons, which has some overlap in these cases. But those those attacks mostly handled happened in Gilbert, and they're now being investigated by the Gilbert Police, who affect effectively ignored those attacks for or certainly didn't take action on any of these attacks that occurred mm -hmm. throughout the last a year year and a half um, and they were they were as we we say in the paper they go unchecked by Gilbert police for more than a year yeah but for the Preston case and you're completely right with Preston's case because we talked with um, Queen Creek police chief mm -hmm. Randy Bryce last week mm -hmm. um, they said, I mean, we're all waiting for what the Maricopa County Attorney's Office is going to do with these charges. But what we know, what we actually learned last week is that the Queen Creek Police had their case pretty solved, quote unquote, solved within a couple of weeks of um, Preston's killing. And um, so that's something that we had learned last week. Mm -hmm. And I had something else to say, and I lost my train of thought. But that's okay. That's, we know that's why it. I'm here. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, and so for those of you that are listening, um, we have Robert Anglin here and um, Elena Santa Cruz from the Arizona Republic who have been absolutely instrumental in breaking all the news on the Preston Lord case, and we're getting an update on all of that. So I want to ask you about the calendar. That would be among Ashley Reynolds' allegations that these people, as they plotted to to hide um, Mr. Renner's son from authorities, they actually backdated office calendars to make it appear that he was out of the, out of town prior to the beating. Um, she provided screenshots to us of those calendars, um, electronic digital calendars, and and they uh, they show um, what she says they show that that there was there was some entries showed Mr. Renner being out of town from October 29th, which would have been the day after the attack to the first week of November, mm -hmm. then there were entries that showed October 27th, 28th, that he was out of town. The renters are at the heart of, uh, or at the center of the focus of the community in regard to the Preston Lord case. As you know, there's been a ton of outrage. People are angry and they're demanding answers. Social um, community activists, social activists, parents, students, they've all pointed the finger at the renter family for their involvement involvement in the Lord homicide and that's been true almost from the beginning mm -hmm. and Ashley's claims mirror those thoughts I mean but they are the first public acknowledgement by police or um, her version of events is the first time police have actually acknowledged any scenario involving the how the how the killing might have taken place Robert England and Elena Santa Cruz thank you so much for joining us today I hope we get answers to these questions and I appreciate the work that you do with the Arizona Republic and thank you so much for joining me today and I hope you have a great Friday thanks for having us my pleasure thanks much we'll be back in two seconds it's Kristen Bentz filling in for Mike Broomhead and this is KTAR
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, it's Kristen Benz in for Mike Broomhead today on this Friday, and I do wear my sunglasses at night. And I am blessed with two amazing reporters that I absolutely love, uh, Robert Anglin and Elena Santa Cruz, and I just kept them here against their will on a Friday. (laughs) So you can talk to your editor and tell them that I did that on purpose Uh, because the Preston Lord case is so important and there's so many facets to it. And what I really want to know, we're going to break this down in a little bit. Um, I want to talk about just the attack, the attack on Preston Lord and what you know. So, yeah, every time we've been here, it's been mostly goon stuff. But um, we spoke with uh, Queen Creek chief last week, uh, Randy Bryce, police chief. And he kind of told us some things because while we were asking questions and we learned that the attack itself happened in seconds. And he said himself, like, I can't not I cannot emphasize this enough. People do not understand this happened in seconds. And we've seen videos We've seen, unfortunately, many videos. Some are like minutes long. Some are like 20 seconds, 26 seconds. But the way he made it sound like mere maybe 10 seconds or less. And it was this child was killed mm -hmm, and that it was like a moving event. So it's not like he was standing and it was like however many punches and he was done. It was a moving event through all these teenagers through, you know, like however many. It was like 200 kids at this party. So that's what we learned about the attack itself. And. Thanks to Ashley Reynolds, we have an account of what happened. Um, sorry, my I know you tethered. Yeah, um, <laughs> but that's what we know about the tech and the aftermath is what we went through already with Ashley Reynolds, um, and I think that's it. <laughs> sorry. Robert, jump in here. I want to talk about. Um, where are we with the charges? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Sure, and I, I want to reemphasize that there is overlap between the Gilbert Guns attacks and, and Preston Lord's case, we believe. In fact, we detailed that. The, our entry point into this was the Lord homicide, but as we investigated that in, in November and into December, we discovered these other attacks that had gone on in, in Gilbert and Mesa and Pinal County and Chandler um, that... It, kind of informed that, that, that some of the same people may have been involved in the Lord attack that were involved in these other Gilbert Goon attacks. Now, Queen Creek Police, on the second month anniversary of Lord's attack, submitted for charges seven, what they called, um, referred for charges seven people, mm-hmm. a mixture of adults and juveniles. They would not discuss the actual charges, but they submitted those to the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. So from Queen Creek's perspective, the investigation didn't stop, the chief said, but it's continued. But Elena made a good point also that they were pretty, they they had an idea within days, maybe two weeks of how the, who was involved, what what the attack, what happened in the attack, and and they say why, and that hasn't changed in the ensuing four months. And yet they did nothing. Well, no, they've been investigating like crazy. Um, the, and they continue to ask for tips. And they they continue to ask, but they submitted the charges against seven people um, in the case in the homicide, and the that has been under review now for two months, and um, we don't know when charges would be will be. Um, 
forthcoming. We don't know who will actually be charged, but I would be really surprised if that didn't happen very quickly at this point. I would hope so. But homicide investigations are an organic thing. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked on cases, and I, when I said worked, I have reported on cases that have lasted years, decades. Sometimes homicide investigations go cold, and then they come back. Um, so it is not... I'm actually surprised by how quickly it has gone, despite the fact that there remains immense frustration in the community about why aren't there arrests. And um, as somebody who studied crime and and not participated in crimes, but been been involved in those investigations, I I don't think it's dragging. And Bryce said the same. When we talked to him, he said for them to get charges in as quick as in that two-month time period, is well, he said, quote, it was pretty darn quick for them to get that together. So really, it, the wait has been just the county attorney going through like hundreds of pages of evidence, mm-hmm. all these videos, and those videos are a range of, they could be different attack videos, they could be photos from the night of the party, and they have to go through like every single aspect of the video. So I... I see why it could be taking a long time because they really want to secure a conviction. Like most of the community has said they want that. And it's so funny. So if you are following Instagram and I am like forgetting the account name of this person that is literally doxing everyone (laughs) about the Preston Lord case, but I follow it every day and he's not giving up and he shouldn't. And I don't think any of our listeners should. And what is the most surprising thing about this case for both of you? I'm curious. For me, it's been the... um It's absolutely the phenomenon known as the Gilbert Goons, that this attack may not have occurred in a vacuum, that it was part of a a thing. And by thing, we've been calling it a gang. Of course, they're considering whether or not to label it as a criminal street gang officially. I thought they did that. No, they haven't named it yet. It's it's part of the final charges that are expected, anticipated from the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. Mm -hmm. But this idea that there is a gang of affluent teenagers who aren't coming together because they need money or they're out for territory or their reputations are saying not the things that we usually associate with gang activity mm-hmm. it's about having fun by beating the crap out of people and then there's some other you know they they there, there is there are drugs we've seen um, photo and video evidence of that they mm-hmm. do have an affinity for guns but this is these are like these are disaffected kids who have come together to form their own community of violence. I can't describe it another way, and that has been stunning to me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not as cynical as I thought I was, but also within this whole framework, I, I think we have to remember there's an, uh, the parents and the, the people who are, are related to mm-hmm. Preston Lord. Mm-hmm. There is a huge emotional toll Absolutely. on them. So this waiting, uh, even two months, four months, I, I can't imagine going through it and I don't want to minimize it but I do think the homicide investigation has rolled forward at a pretty steady clip absolutely I would say the same about I mean I'm I don't have much experience but walking into this with the Gilbert goons and just seeing the very the various layers of the goons and then seeing and trying to attach that to the Preston Lord case but then the Preston Lord case itself has been like 
surprising in its layers when we keep having to like pull back on all this renner stuff yes um and for me like i am in my mid-20s and that's also been surprising just to see these like teenagers only like eight years below me just going crazy at each other and watching these videos and that's just been an insane thing to watch and surprises me every time like it surprises me but it doesn't but every time i open up a video i'm just like what is going on and with the, the posting the videos and the tiktok it's really bizarre mm-hmm. i have to tell you um i am so thankful and blessed that you're here today on this friday thank you so much robert anglin elena santa cruz arizona republic they're just doing god's work And this is what we love about journalism. So thank you so much for spending some of your Friday with us today. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear what unfolds in this case. And I hope there's some justice for Preston Lord. Well, thanks for having us. Oh, my God. It's my pleasure. Again, it's Kristen Benz in for Mike Broomhead. And this is KTAR. values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, it's Kristen Bentz filling in for Mike Broomhead on this Friday and let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for Mike, who apparently is having a fantastic day somewhere, but not here. (laughs) And that's why you're stuck with me. Aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky? All right. So I want to talk about telephonophobia okay so i'm kind of guilty in this situation don't ever expect me to pick up the phone like ever so i talked to three people and i have twins so it's my kids and then like my business partner and that's basically it and then i have two girlfriends so when they call me i know like stuff is going down so when i see that i pick up But rarely do I actually speak. So on the phone, that is. But not today because you're lucky because I'm here talking to you. (laughs) Uh, But so there's this hilarious article out about telephonophobia and, you know, what is telephonophobia? So according to the U.S. Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey, and, you know, here's my other thing. All these surveys, especially political, people that pick up the phone are, what, 80, 75? I don't even know. Who even picks up the phone? I do. I pick up the phone. Jess, do you pick up the phone? Yes. Seriously. Yeah. We don't do it enough. Mm. Well, I'm glad that you're one of those conservatives out there. And I used to be a telemarketer. So <laughs> so you're like, I got you, girl. Yeah. I'm here. I understand the struggle. I do. The struggle is real. Mm. Mm. This Black Rifle coffee that I've just been given is delightful. You should have some, too. Black Rifle is the best coffee in the world. Black Rifle is the best coffee. We're going to talk about that shortly with my upcoming guest. But there should be some in the control room for you. So talk to Julia. She might be hoarding it. Should I talk to her on the telephone? So here's the thing. Do you want to talk to her on the telephone? Because you know she won't answer. She will. For me. No one answers for me. It's all about who's calling you and if you answer. That's the trick. So here's the thing. I'm going to give you a stat because you know I'm all about math. That's my gig. That's my jam. And that's why we get along. Right. Because we're all about numbers 
And that's what I'm here for on a Friday. 27% of respondents reported talking on the phone with friends and loved ones less than once a week. Do you think that's why we're having problems communicating? Like, well, so, at least in like the policy world, why we're having issues do you communicating think that's why Trump in and the Biden silver... are not communicating on the border wall? Yeah, maybe. Although they are 70, so do they know how to text? I guarantee you. I mean, we all know someone, Trump can tweet, but I I think there is a very um tall, cute white Republican that is actually giving printing out all the text messages for Donald Trump and giving them to him. And I don't even want to know what the Biden person is doing. There is an intern somewhere and that's their job. I don't know. I think Trump can text. I mean, did you see the video where he was like operating his iPad on the golf course being yeah. a little DJ? So yes. I mean, if you can multitask like that. Do you that, think he's spinning tunes? Do you think that he's like on the ones and twos? Oh yeah, it's a known fact. Trump DJs Mar-a-Lago. Honestly, he brags about it often. This is where I need to go on my vacation. So we were talking about that earlier. Like, I think, yeah. So do you think Mar-a-Lago is the new place considering their legal situation? But not really. Oh, yeah. Mar-a-Lago will always be the place because of Marjorie Post. Yes. It's always the jam because of that. But I digress. So let's go back and talk about texting and calling because I will not pick up the phone. Literally for anything unless like my child is dying or there's like some sort of situation um will you like for your boyfriend do you pick up the phone for him always you do yes really that's I need my Julia. love where's julia all the girls <laughs> there are too many women in relationships in this station single women do you pick up the phone hit me up i need to know probably not <sighs> i agree well i guess it depends on the time of day too Oh, when does you it pick up your phone. Don't pick up the phone at like midnight. No. Jess. No, I don't answer my phone fast past 5 p.m. Even for your boyfriend? Well, you normally he's home. Normally he's home with me past 5 p.m. Oh my God. He's on a leash. What is happening? People that are not single, please tell me if you actually talk to people on the phone. This is what I need to know. I'm thinking we need to take a break and right now might be it. So, hey, you are so in luck on this Friday. It is Kristen Bunce filling in for Mike Broomhead and this is KTAR.